All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, feast your eyes and tune your ears. It's that time again. We are live with another episode of The Authority Project. It's the video podcast streamed on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope, where we talk to digital marketers, business coaches, and creators of all kinds on how they've built authority in their field and how you can mimic their success. Developing authority, building your audience, and attracting better clients to your own business. Now, without further ado, let's bring to the virtual stage your host, Brian S. Arnold. All right, we are here. We are back. We are live, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. And I am here with my new good friend here, Eric Dickman. How are you doing today, sir? Hey, I'm great, Brian. Thanks very much for having me on the show today. Awesome. And for some reason, I have lost my notes for questions, so I think we're going to be winging it today. <laughs> for hey, some that's reason. fine. <laughs> we're going to be more today. interesting that <laughs> exactly. way. Exactly. So here we go. This is what happens when you're live and doing things um, on the fly. Yeah, Very busy it. week, but this is what it's all about. Um, so, so before we get started here, let's just ask you first who you are personally professionally? Oh, that's a that's a great question. So uh, my name is Eric Dickman. I live down here in Orlando, Florida. I am a, you know, because we're almost at five o'clock on the East Coast, I'm a bourbon aficionado, a coffee lover, uh, yeah. a marketing strategist, nice, and, uh, and an outdoor enthusiast. How about that? I love it. <laughs> awesome stuff. So I got a brand new question now that I'm going to introduce with you, Eric, today. So I'm going to start off like this. What is your current project? What are you working on right now? So I'm working on what so many businesses are working on right now, which is sort of trying to find their way uh, after and through COVID. You know, mm -hmm. things have changed so much. And I know it's getting to be a little bit of a tired topic with a lot of people, but the world has really changed in how people are doing business and how they're interacting with their customers, how they're interacting with their employees, everything is different. And so I think as I look at my own business and I look at how I relate to my clients and my prospects, uh, everything has taken on just a different tone. Awesome. So I want let's go back. Let's go back and how far should we go back? <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, I want to deal with your your maybe your prior life when you're you were in the corporate space that kind of thing and tell us about what made you go from there to transition out of that maybe that's what i'm looking at let's start there you know i always describe my career journey as being one where there were turns in the road but it was always a one turn right it was never mm -hmm. an intersection where you could say oh, i'm going to go this way this way or this way doors opened up but they were usually single paths and okay. so I was very fortunate. I started out in the financial services industry and over time worked my way into technology and finally at a company called Siebel Systems, which was really the grandfather of CRM systems. A lot of the people that worked there now work at salesforce.com, but they were acquired about seven years into my tenure there uh, by Oracle. Mm. For some reason is thinking about buying TikTok. I don't quite get that one. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> but, uh, I, I spent uh, almost 18 years of my career there. And, you know, it was a great experience because 
when you work for a really large organization like that, you have unbelievable tools and resources available to you. I got the chance to travel the world and interact with people from all over and get a chance to really see a lot of different perspectives and certainly got to spend a lot of money on marketing because those places have big budgets. But you're also a sort of a cog in a big machine. Uh, you don't have the influence that you would at a smaller organization. And so I think during my time there, although I loved it, it began to wear on me after a while. And I thought, you know, what else can I do in my career where I can really impact people in a more meaningful way that I can sort of live my values a little bit more and be able to help people in their journeys and really see uh, the results of those efforts. And so I decided at that point that I wanted to to do something else and start my own company. And that's when the plans at least were laid to start uh, my current consulting company, which is called the Five Echelon Group. I love it. So I, I got a couple of questions in in that in that space of what you were saying just now. Um, I think the first one, if I can get if I get it to write your values, explain because because I have a person coming in tomorrow, uh, Brant Menzoir. He's going to be talking about that in his new book. So I, I'm really am curious about what you are saying your values are, in because I think that I think that people in there's two questions there, but. I, Talk about that first, the values. Uh, what, what, what are your values? So I really believe that we um, work to live, not live to work. And I am a firm believer in a positive work-life environment and a positive, thriving co uh, corporate culture. And I think what I mean by that is that you want work to be someplace that is not only fulfilling, but is engaging that challenges you, that stimulates you, that really pushes you to be your best, not that drains you and wears you out and tries to squeeze every ounce of productivity out of you. Mm. And I think too often in the corporate world today, especially for publicly traded companies, you know, they're beholden to Wall Street. They're beholden to analysts and whatever the expectations are for the current quarter. And so they will manipulate the business. They will manipulate their employees to try to squeeze out that little bit of extra earning in order to meet, make Wall Street happy. And you have people who dedicate significant portions of their careers to working for a company and can be discarded overnight because we need to, you know, show two cents better on our on our profit, you know, for Wall Street. The bottom line. And the bottom line. That's exactly <laughs> yeah. right. And don't get me wrong. I'm all about profit. And I think that companies have some obligation to their shareholders for sure. But as we know, we're living in a world where things are a little bit out of whack when you've got some of the richest people in the world making that tens of millions of dollars in salary from these companies at the same time that they're telling their workers, well, it's been a tough year. Uh, no raises for anybody. <laughs> you know, and I, I'm not at all uh, implied. Yeah. My values are all about money, but that's a whole uh, corporate uh ethical system there that's in play, right? Is everybody sharing the, in the success of a company? Is the company really helping everybody be engaged and involved and uh, rewarded for their work? Or is it just a few people at the top? I, I, I totally, I totally get that. And please excuse everybody. If you, if you guys hear something in the background, I got this person over here. Um, they're cutting down trees and they're sh shredding trees <laughs> like, 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 10 feet away from me over here. Outside <laughs> of my house. So anyway. Always when uh, you go live, right? Right. <laughs> so um, the other thing I wanted to dive into is 
the the fact I, I, I get a lot of this from the guests where I think some people dismiss the the value or the the education that they've gotten from their previous job, whereas they don't use it or they don't think it uh, they don't think it's valuable in their solopreneur life, whatever later on. Can you go into through that is as help people understand that you can use what you've learned to to enhance what you can do uh, you know in a in a in a business or in an entrepreneur life in in that sense. Absolutely. I think when so many people, whether they are college graduates or they have a graduate degree or whether they're um, just embarking on a career, you know, right out of high school or whatnot, generally most of that education doesn't prepare you for real world work. Um, There are certain professions, maybe if you're an accountant or if you're a physician or whatnot, where the training is a little bit more specific and intense. But for business people, for marketing people, you're not getting a lot of very specific training uh, when you're in school. The training comes on the job. And the problem that I think a lot of us have, I've certainly have been guilty of it, and I know a lot of people are today, but we all have opinions, but opinions aren't necessarily facts. And when you get out into the real world and you start to apply some of those opinions and actually fact check them to see how they work, you can come up with some surprising results. Your, your thoughts might not have been right on a certain way of doing things, or this ad that you created actually may not have uh, done well with the audience that you intended it to do. And so I think the benefit of having worked in a prior life in, in a company whether the experience was good or bad is you have to look at that and say, well, what was the learning from it? What did I take away from that, that in my next job or as a solopreneur or whatnot, I can then do it differently because there is learning in everything, uh, good or bad. And I think too many people constantly only look at the good. Well, this was successful. So I want to recreate that and do that someplace else. Well, circumstances aren't always the same. You can't always recreate those successes. But if you take away the the foundational learnings from whatever it was that you did and then can apply those to a new situation, yeah, then then you're in good shape. I love it. I love it. So let's look into to some how-to stuff here. Uh, you know, we're in this, like, you, like we're sitting here, it's a topic of 2020 <laughs> pandemic. We are in this place where, um, I guess yesterday talked about the, you know, the pivot, you know, we're here, like this part of my business is gone, <laughs> you know, you know, it's, it's totally gone or, or there's the scenario where, and, and, and I'm in this boat here where you're laid off, you have a, you know, a pretty good, pretty good stable job. You're laid off and you know, darn well that you're not going to get the same kind of job <laughs> somewhere else. You're lucky to have to get to that point. So, can you talk about maybe like the transition of maybe still trying to get a job and still trying to work in work in this idea of owning your own business at the same time? It's kind of a two-part question <laughs> there of how to work that out. I Things are incredibly difficult for a lot of people, and I have a, a great deal of empathy for what people are going through right now because with so much uncertainty it's led to a situation where a lot of companies just don't know what the right move is. We certainly see, I saw today that Amazon and I'm sorry, not uh, Home Depot uh, and Lowe's 
and Target. I think they all reported earnings within the last two days and they had blockbuster quarters. <sighs> and, you know, they've been hiring people because they've they've adapted their business model. You've got places like Home Depot and Lowe's where now people, because they're spending more time at home, now they're, you know, going to home improvement stores and fixing up uh, the house because they're looking at it so much and doing all those kinds of projects. Right. And, you know, Target people have been buying things online and having them delivered at the curb. But the point is, is that all of these have been changes because of this environment that we're in now. And that has created a surge of jobs and opportunities at companies like that. Well, but that all came from someplace else, right? So there are all these other businesses now that have shrunk because they were closed during the COVID-19 uh, lockdowns and nobody was coming to those businesses. And so they laid off people and those jobs may or may not be coming back. People's habits are starting to change. Yeah. So I think when you look at that and you say, well, maybe the next career that I get is not going to be the same career that I had before, but it's going to provide some income. It's going to provide some benefits. And then I can go in and I can work on that side hustle. I can begin to build whatever it is uh, that you maybe find passion in or that you, that really excites you. I think you can do both. I think the, the key is to make a plan. Exactly. Where do you want to be and how do you want to take steps today to enable that to happen? So if steps today mean going out, getting a job that's going to put money in your pocket and then hopefully in a savings account that then you can use to start that new business, then that's a plan that is going to move you towards your ultimate goal. Um, I would never want anybody to look and say, hey, I've got to switch careers. I've got to take a job now. It's not ultimately what I want to do. And so therefore, this is awful. You've got to sort of frame it and it's a step along the way. It's something that I have to do now. I love it. And I, I want to dive into that because I know this is something I, I, that I'm, I hope you want to get into is this strategy, right? What What do you think is, is the right strategy? If you're talking to a person who wants to dive into you know, building something, um, of their very own, where should, where should they start as far as the strategy? Um, should they be looking in what can happen in the next, I'm just going to say most people will say like 90 days. I'm not sure that not, that's not what I would say, but, but somehow that, that 90 day picture is what everybody is pointing to right now. What do you say to that? I think that when you are going off on your own, one of the biggest mistakes that people have uh, made, and I certainly have been guilty of this as well, is that we we like to focus in on the things that we're most comfortable with. So if you want to be a solopreneur, you know, you build your website, you order your business cards, you start to, you know, decorate your new home office and buy some new gear and that new printer that you always wanted or that laptop, you start to invest in all that thing, but none of that is earning you any money. Exactly. And you talked about that 90 days and some of the people that I've seen be most successful as they start their own businesses are the ones that said, okay, whatever, we're just going to, you know, I'm going to work on the kitchen table, you know, on a notepad and on an old rickety machine because I want to sign up my first client in the first, you know, 60, 90 days and start having that income stream coming in. That other stuff can happen over time, but I want to start getting that income in right away. And that is one thing that I would strongly encourage people to look at as they build out their plans and they start to think about what they want to do. What can you do early on to start um, getting income? And sort of as a second tier to that, especially if you've had a job maybe in the corporate world, something where you've had a 
really nice salary. You've had nice benefits. Mm -hmm. I think that there's often a temptation to say, well, I can't do that. That doesn't pay me enough. Mm -hmm. And especially when you're starting out, well, let's see, there's no pay and there's maybe not as much as you want. So maybe you take the not as much as you want because it'll help you sort of get the wheels of momentum going in your own business. It'll help you build some references, some credentials. And yeah, it's not something that you want to stay at for very long because you have to value your work at what it is truly worth if you've got the experience. But zero or (laughs) something better than zero. And I think too many people pass because they say it's not worth my time. And there can be jobs in my mind that aren't worth your time because you will spend so much time doing them that you won't have any time to really build something that is truly going to benefit you in the long term. But those are, you, you just have to balance it. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. That's, that's good stuff there. Now I think let's, let's go to the step where you're in this space where you have something, you have something to offer. Right. And the point now is, and which is what a lot of businesses are, are always struggle with, or it's just it's just very hard, is the promotion piece. How do you promote this, these things? How do you how do you get yourself out there, outside of the noise of everyone else? Especially right now, you know, there's a lot of people just you know, hey, I can do this too. Let me just build a business. <laughs> you know, everybody's trying to build a business now. Hey, this is the time. Uh, let's let's do it. How how do you stand out? How do you make yourself unique? How do you make yourself you know? try to be that authority in the space or, or try to get to that, to that point where people see you um, so that you're, you know, that, that you can get those revenue, get those clients. That's a, uh, that's a long podcast episode right there to really go into <laughs> a lot of details, but let me, let me take a shot at giving you sort of a, a, a summary. I think number one is you have to know who your target customer is. Hmm. So too often what I see businesses doing is they cast a wide net. They say, well, everybody's a potential customer. Well, no, everybody is not a potential customer and you don't have the money to market to everybody. So you've got to figure out who is your most likely customer to buy and start to build your plans around that. And then you have to understand, well, what is their problem? What is their pain point? What is going to make them be in the market for your product or service. Because if you think about a Google search, you put into Google something that you're looking to find, right? And chances, if you're looking to find something, you're looking to find a solution to a problem that you have. If you're a buyer of something and you're searching for something, you're looking for a solution to a problem you have. So make sure you understand what problem you're solving and make sure it's a real problem that customers are having, not a problem that you've invented because it makes your product really look good or your service really look good, <laughs> like but that. it's a real problem that, that people are having. Yeah. And then you have to figure out what is your differentiator because I can almost guarantee you that whatever you offer in terms of your product or service offering, it's not unique. Mm. You know, I I mentioned before that I used to work in the financial services business. Every bank that I would go to would always talk about their unique products. You know what (laughs) they have? They have checking accounts and they have savings accounts. Right. You know, they may call them something different, but they're checking accounts and savings accounts and you can go to any bank and you can get the same thing. Right. But they would be convinced that theirs was somehow truly unique because it had, you know, a different checkbook cover or something. I don't know. But you have to figure out what really makes your product unique. 
And if what makes your product unique is that it's cheaper, mm. that's that's worrisome, right? Because then yeah. you're just competing on, on on price, right? And if what you really have is a long list of great features and benefits or features that I mean that you really believe truly differentiate your product. You got to be careful with that too, because too often what happens is people get caught up in all the things they do or can offer. And really it ends up not being that differentiated at all. Yeah, exactly. And I I think that um, I want to dive into more of, what we what we were talking about earlier before we got on the on the show is that people spending and we we talked about this a little bit this pity spending too much time with busy work and not doing productive anything productive and not building anything which is like the basis of this particular podcast of building something where you can have your authority platform where you can say this is my platform I built this and they're not building anything. It's stuck in their head still. Sometimes the idea they have the idea, nothing's nothing's going coming out. They're not writing anything down. I mean, I mean, writing writing that something down is great, but there's no action. There's no execution because they're still thinking about, oh, my logo's not right. My graphic design is not great. You know, you know, I need this. Yep. I need this, that, and the other before I start. Can you speak to that? Tell them what do they need to start. Why you know, just tell them what they need to start. And so it's not busy work, but it's just straight up work that can flow into something to revenue and clients, clients and revenue, so I say. Yeah. So let's take a website as an example, because I think that's something that a lot of people can relate to. If you're going to be in business today, you have to have a website. It's just table stakes. But when you look at a website, what is the purpose of a website? In one way, it's, it's the way that you identify yourself to the world. So Google has become so preeminent that when people want to find out about you, they go in a search engine, they type in something about your business, and hopefully you show up. If they know the name of your business, they go to it directly. If they don't, hopefully you show up in search. So the idea of your website has to be, number one, what can I do to make it easier for people to find in search? And number two, when they get there, whether they got there directly or through search, does my website communicate what I do in such a way that it makes people interested in what I do or the product or service that I offer. If you are spending time on your website, especially early on doing things that aren't related to that, you're, you're wasting time. That's busy work. You can play around with graphics and animations and, you know, do all this kind of fancy stuff. And if it's not ultimately achieving one of those two goals, you're, it may make it look better, but you're going to have your whole career to make that website look better. And trust me, it's going to go through many, many revisions. But to start out, you have to start building that authority in uh, what you do so that people can find you. And let me tell you, when people start coming to your website because they found you on some Google search, that's an amazing feeling because you know that you put in the hard work to make sure that the content that you have on this website described your product or service uh, or whatever it is that you do in such a way that Google recognized it and sent somebody to you. They said, Hey, go check this guy out. Okay. I love it. Yeah. (laughs) I like that. But the only thing I I can say to that is that I don't want people to 
to get stuck on that though. Let's get stuck on building a website for you know, like like we discussed earlier. Like I I think I worked on mine for like four months, but it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't. I think what I was trying to do is just too much to the website, and there was no right. There, there was no plan. There's no purpose to it. No intent. It was just trying to make it look good. Can you? That's not what you're saying, though. You don't want the people to just do, to be stuck on that. But it, it's, no. it's, yeah. It's, what it's, I'm it's, saying is it could literally be a one-page website. Okay, yeah. But if you built that one-page website with the intention of saying, I'm going to build it in such a way that Google is going to find it and yeah. that when people get to it, they're going to understand my business and what I do and have a way of contacting me so that we can talk about it some more, that's all you need to start with. And then later on, you can build page two and page three and page four. But what you don't need is a 50-page website with all of this great stuff that, as you said, you can spend months and months doing because all of that is not necessarily going to push you further along. But the investment that you make, if, if you're going to get business cards, for example, you can blow a lot of time designing business cards and figuring out what your logo is going to be. Right. Well, are you planning to go to any networking events where you're going to pass them out? If you're... <laughs> If you're not going to go anywhere, what do you need a business card for? Right. Because, you know, 99% of them go in the trash anyway. Exactly. So why spend a lot of time doing that? Just you've got to focus on the things that are going to, again, lead you to that, that revenue objective to get money flowing faster. I love it. So awesome stuff, Eric. Awesome. <laughs> Incredible stuff so far. And uh, I just I have one, one last question here. Um, that I ask all of my guests and go simply like this. Um, and I know you do a lot of things, but people are hearing this. They're seeing you now. They're watching you. Um, they like what you're saying. Uh, they want to do the things that you do right now. They want to, you know, be in that career change. They want to do. They want to live, you know, you know, on their own schedule, right? They want to do what you do. They want to be like Eric, <laughs> right? Um, can you tell them just like how they can be an authority in this space, how, you know, just, just briefly in your own summation, how that can be done? I think to be an authority in any space, hmm. you have to put yourself out there. You have to be willing to have a conversation like we're having today. Yeah. You have to engage with your peers. You have to be willing to take a stand. You can't just repeat what everybody else is saying. You have to be willing to bring something original, something unique, something that people can look at and say, yeah, this, this guy's got a point of view on something. Yeah. And I think if you can share a message consistently and whether that's through LinkedIn or whether it's through Twitter or YouTube or blogging or podcasting or all of the above, even better. But if you can consistently put yourself out there and consistently speak about topics that you truly do have some, some knowledge of, some authority in, over time, your reputation will build and you will have authority in that space. But you can't do it by just repeating what other people have already said. You right. have to be able to come in and say, I, I need, I'm going to take a position on this. I'm going to take a stand. Be, be willing to be a little controversial at times. Yeah. I love it. I love it, man. Awesome stuff, man. Eric, incredible stuff, man. Incredible, incredible content. I, I, you, 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 you 
took this topic that I just kind of kind of like put together here, <laughs> put together here for you, um, and really knocked it out of the park. Really, hey, well, thanks. I, I love having conversations like this, Brian. <laughs> really appreciate it. And uh, can you just let people know where to find you and connect with you further after the show? Yeah, absolutely. So the easiest one is to just go to my website, which he's got on the screen there, ericdickman.com. That's two ends at the end, ericdickman.com. From there, it'll take you to all my other social media places, but I'm on LinkedIn and I'm on uh, Twitter as well at edickman, again, with double ends. Awesome. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for coming through. And uh, what do I got to say here? We're still doing the eight-week product giveaway here. You can go to the authorityletter.com and sign up. We are in the in transition here. So we're going to add something else new this week. Somebody just won AirPods today at the officially re- re- reply. We announced it about three days ago and the person didn't reply. So we had to do it again. <laughs> and the person replied, um, David Hopper, congratulations to winning the AirPods. So uh, we got another one here coming up um, tonight. I'll put that through. I think we're doing a Samsung portable microphone which is on the go oh. when you're able, when you're able to go maybe not this year but maybe next year <laughs> so um you can do that or you can text them um, we are live at 44222 to jump on the um, on the email list for us and we'll get you set up for the next giveaway all right with that said any final words at all before we get out of here eric hey it's almost five o'clock so uh sometime we'll have to have that conversation about good bourbon Oh, yeah, absolutely. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That is a wrap for this episode of the Authority Project. Remember, you're the project and we want to slap authority to your name so you can get so you can sell more of what you're great at. Remember, um, if you build it and share it, they will come. And that's a wrap for this Authority Project episode. See you on the next one. And that's a wrap for this episode of The Authority Project. Thanks so much for tuning in. And if you like what you heard, we want to hear from you. Subscribe, rate, and give an honest review. Share and tell your friends so they can hear too. And for even more authority-building tactics, be sure to sign up at theauthorityletter.com. Get free weekly content and ongoing digital product giveaways to help you on your entrepreneurial journey. We certainly hope you got a key takeaway or maybe an aha moment from today's broadcast. Just remember, it's your authority. Build it, share it, and they will come. Until next time.